This week's episode of Scary Savannah and Beyond is brought to you by the Reading and Writing Podcast. Do you like scary stories or novels? Have you ever considered writing your own scary story or novel? Listen to the Reading and Writing Podcast today by Jeff Rutherford. Best-selling horror, suspense, and thriller writers including Dean Koontz, John Sanford, Jeffrey Deaver, and many more talk about their novels, their writing habits, and offer great tips and tricks for aspiring writers. That's the Reading and Writing Podcast. You can search for Reading and Writing Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. More than 550 episodes, you can believe that? Wow. Featuring interviews with your favorite scary writers. I can't wait to check that out. Welcome to episode 12 of the Scary Savannah and Beyond podcast. I'm your host, Brett, and with me as always is everyone's favorite lovely lady, Crystal. How have you been this week, Crystal? Everyone's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, every bar we go to, everybody loves you. So <laughs> The dogs love me. They do love you, but they also love everyone. They love us. They love the... Instacart driver. They love a home Yeah, they really intruder. wanted to talk to her today. Yeah, they definitely had some words they'd like to share, which were all woof, woof, woof. I don't <laughs> want to do that too loud because they'll come, they'll come in, in here and here. get involved in this podcast. This episode will be airing while we are in Las Vegas, right? Yay. Yeah, and Six hopefully. nights in Vegas. Let's hope we win some money. Hopefully when we come back. We well, can hope, continue to do this podcast yeah, and not can, be broke. No, I might buy some new microphones and a Ferrari. I saw you ordered some new headphones already. Well, these aren't working right. And I needed this Sony MDR 7506s. I mean, come on. Everybody does uh-huh. doing podcast editing. I mean, don't be ridiculous. Just be happy I haven't ordered an SM7B mic yet. <laughs> I'm yet. sure it's coming. Oh, it'll happen soon. But I'm sort of holding out to see if I can maybe win the money in Vegas. Yeah, let's win the money first. And then I can buy us both one. Okay. So you can find us on the web at www.scarysavannahandbeyond.com or www.scarysavannah.net. You can find us on social media at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and LinkedIn for some reason. Using the username at Scary Savannah, you can get to our YouTube page by clicking through the link on our website. And also, if you would like to support us, please go find us on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Scary Savannah. And for as little as $3 a month, you too can help us or podcasters purchase better (laughs) equipment. And this just goes to help everybody involved, right? You can also give us a call at 912. 406-2899. That's 912-406-2899. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, tell us something about the podcast, have any questions or stories you'd like covered, or if you want to know what it's like to be haunted, because now we have experienced it, give us a call and we'll talk about it. Or say hello to Coffee and Layla. Yeah, and we'll (laughs) play it for them. Trust me, they love phone calls. They they love it. Je vois la vie en rose. Il me dit des mots d'amour 
As you can probably tell by the music you just heard, this week we're going way beyond Savannah, all the way to Le Mans, France. Oh, that sounds like a place where you do race car stuff. (laughs) Interestingly, it is. There's a famous race that takes place there every year and it has since 1923. Yeah, and they also have a Pontiac. (laughs) Well, they used to. It's also the birthplace of King Henry II of England. Ooh, he sounds like somebody I should know. (laughs) Yeah, you should. It's a very beautiful city, but what happened here in 1933 was anything but. Yeah, that old 1933 will get you every time. This is a tale of folie a You ever heard of that? French. No, I don't it know means, any French. What it means, literally translated, it means madness in pairs. Oh. Usually this is when one person experiences a delusion or a hallucination and the other also experiences the same thing at the same time. Did that happen to us when we saw the ghost in our room? I don't think so. Okay. Such a condition presents a variety of symptoms like paranoia, hearing voices, or inventing fictitious threats that somehow require self-defense. That sounds like me. All of those sound like me. Do I live this? (laughs) This case had a significant influence on French intellectuals and they sought to analyze it and some of them considered it to be symbolic of class struggle at the time. Okay. This case formed the basis of a number of publications, plays and films, essays, spoken word, songs, and even artwork. Spoken word. So it's like what, you know, when my band used to play here on the island and they would do an open mic sometimes and then this dude would come up and he'd be like, hey, big daddy, I'm going to read you a little poem. I can't remember his name, yeah. but he ended up uh, stealing a car and getting arrested. Yeah, he did. He took it on a high-speed chase, and <laughs> yeah, then we did. never saw the woman that he came hanging out with again either. So, no, I don't know what hey, happened Hey, that's just him. everyday life in Chatham County. <laughs> the case was highly publicized at the time. Remember, this is the early 1900s. Yep, 1933. It was hotly debated because of the brutality and the clear mental issues involved for both of these girls. Okay. I say girls, but they were actually 27 and 21 when the crime occurred. However, okay. for this story to make sense, we got to go back to the beginning. Yes, we do. In early 1900s France, there was a depression. Did you know that? I don't know anything about France. I know <laughs> that the uh, Griswolds went there on one of their oh, vacations. Yeah. European vacation. Yeah, that's about all I remember about France. So this depression caused a clear delineation between the classes. You were either like rich, rich, or you were basically living in poverty. There was no, like, no in between. No in between. No middle class. Not really. So, we're going to get into the horrific story of the Papin sisters, or the Papin sisters. Papin. Don't, don't know how you really pronounce it, since we don't speak French. Well, we do have like six French listeners. Maybe they can let us <laughs> oh, know. Oh, they'll tell us how bad we're doing. Yeah. Nice. So, in 1901, Clemence and Gustave Papin have a baby girl named Amelia. Can you just say that one more time? <laughs> no, I can't. Okay. <laughs> it won't sound the same. They were in the working class and they were struggling during this time. Gustave is described as an abusive alcoholic and Clemence is not much better. She's described as an unfit mother with low morals. Oh no, what a striking blow. You know what that would do in Savannah back in 1800s, right? What? Them's fighting words. Oh yeah, it's a duel. Pistols for two, coffins for one. She actually was though. According to Gustave, Clemence was having an affair with her boss, thus explaining his low morals claim. Yeah, that would do it. Gustav decided the best thing for this young family would be to move to a new town and make a fresh start. Sounds kind of reasonable. Grow a beard, shave it off. Well, Clemence disagreed and she kind of lost it. She even threatened to kill herself if he made her move. 
So clearly she's a very rational woman. Oh yeah, she's got it all under control. So the move didn't happen, and she presumably continued her affair with her boss. Okay. She also wanted no part of motherhood. She was described as cold and distant, not affectionate at all. So when their second daughter, Christine, was born in 1905, she was quickly shipped off to live with an aunt. Mm. In 1911, their third daughter, Leah, was born, and this was too much for Clemence. And she was like suffering from depression and she did not want children. Alcoholism. That was her husband. He was the alcoholic. (laughs) Well, she dealt with being around the alcoholism. Yeah. She sent Leah, the baby, to live with an uncle. So at this point, Amelia, the oldest daughter, is 10. That's the only one they still have at home. Remember, they sent Christine to an aunt and Leah to an uncle. Yes. So, oh, that sounds a whole lot like a Star Wars story. (laughs) Yeah, it does. We sent one to the isolated desert planet of France. (laughs) So Amelia, at this time, is 10 years old, and Clemence finds out that she's being abused by her father, Gustave. So Clemence, instead of getting help for her daughter, being sympathetic, she blames Amelia. She says that she seduced her own father at 10 years old. Okay, well, that's entirely disgusting and creepy at the same time, but it's not the kind of creepy we usually talk about. So she actually accused Amelia of seducing her father. And so what does she do? She sends her to the Bon Pastor Catholic Orphanage as revenge on the girl. Mm, That's sad. Yeah. Now this place was known for its brutality and and strict discipline. And um, she's definitely not winning mother of the year. I don't think. Doesn't sound like it. No. So she did divorce her husband after learning of this abuse, at least. And Clemence was so angry about this whole situation that she removed the other daughters from the care of their aunt and uncle and sent them also to the same orphanage. Wow. She definitely not winning yeah, any awards. Yeah, she's got it out for everybody. Sounds like it. So her plan was for them to stay in the orphanage until they were 15 so that then they could be employed as housemaids for the upper class. Until they can make money for her. Right. They, you know, leave them where <laughs> right. she doesn't have to deal with them. Right. So at the orphanage, despite the harsh environment, it seemed a better life than living with Clemence and Gustav. When Amelia, like when Amelia was old enough, she took the vows to become a nun. Clemence was not happy about this, to say the least. Mm, she probably wanted to start a rock band. <laughs> no, she wanted her to work so she could take her money. Oh. It seems that Amelia lived out the rest of her life in the convent, and we don't know anything else about her. So, Well, hopefully it was a nice, long, happy, uneventful life. Yeah, but that's not what happened for poor Christine and Leah. Oh, no. Leah, as it Leah. is. Christine, who had looked up to her older sister Amelia, also wanted to become a nun, but her mother was having none of that. She became enraged at the idea, and when Christine was 15, she forced her to enter the workforce as a maid. She was shuffled from employer to employer because Clemence was not happy with the wages she was earning. She didn't feel like she was getting paid enough. And of course, she was forcing her to send all the money to her. So she wanted to make sure she was getting the most for her The best value for all the work that she's not going to (laughs) do. Yeah. So eventually, Christine found work in the wealthy Lancelin family home. Renee Lancelin was a retired solicitor or lawyer, as we call them. Esquire. Lawyer. Lawyer. His wife was Madame Leonie Lancelin, and they had an adult daughter still living with them named Genevieve, or in French, Genevieve. 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 You certainly picked a story that has a lot of difficult names. <laughs> I did. They lived in the very nice two-story townhouse in Le Mans, and at first, things seemed to be going well for Christine. She had learned domestic arts in the orphanage, such as cooking, cleaning, and needlework. 
And for a while, Madame Leone seemed pleased with her efforts. Gotta be pleased with that needlework. For a while. Yeah, for a while. Eventually, Leia joined Christine working for the Lancelin family as a chambermaid. You know what that is. I don't. Does that mean they clean bathrooms? <laughs> well, it means they clean the bedrooms and bathrooms, basically, and take care of all that stuff. Okay. I, I mean, I think they had, like, indoor plumbing, so it's not like, not like that cleaning bad. out bedpans or anything or whatever. No, not like that bedpan we saw at the Marshall house. No. So Christine did all the other tasks, such as cooking and basically running the household. They were given a heated room on the top floor of the house, and that's quite a luxury for the time. Uh, Have your own heated room? Yeah, that refrigerated air. Plenty of food. So Christine is a hard worker, and she's good at her job, but she's described as having a temper at times. She can be kind of hard to get along with. She wanted to start the rock band. (laughs) I thought that was Amelia. 1933. That's a good year for heavy metal. Leia is much more reserved and always follows her sister's lead. She was described as a little slow, but very obedient, especially to her sister. So girls or young women at this time that served as maids, they were allowed to go out in their free time. It's not like they're, you know, servants. Like they yeah, can, not they're, sl- they're not slaves. They're not slaves. I mean, they get paid and they can go out, but they only had a little bit of time because they had to work 14 hour days and they got half a day off on Sundays and that's it. Wow. It doesn't leave a lot of time. Way to go, Scrooge. (laughs) I know. But other girls, they did like to go out dancing and exploring the city, and but not Christine and not Leia. Yeah, because they they were cleaning bedpans. (laughs) They went to church every Sunday, but they spent all their free time alone together in their room. The one exception to this was they would sometimes visit a fortune teller who told the girls that in a previous life, they had been husband and wife. Okay. So that's weird. Well, that's definitely weird there is speculation that the girls were involved in a relationship with each other but there's no proof of this oh yeah so this is kind of weird now the whole time they've been working for the lancelins they're getting paid a decent wage like i said but their mother's making them send all their money to her she visits them occasionally and sounds like motive yeah (laughs) they've they've taken to calling her that woman instead of you know, mother or whatever. Sounds like opportunity. And they refer to Madame Lancelin uh, with the term mom, which is an endearing term like mom. Sounds like an alibi. <laughs> Madame Lancelin isn't pleased when she finds out the girls are giving all their money to their mother. And she goes to Clemence and basically tells her that the girls will no longer be sending her any money. Okay. I bet this one went swimmingly. <laughs> yeah, it did not. Clemence was obviously not happy about this and apparently argued with her daughters over it. Monsieur René Lancelon, that's the, the father, would later say that this quarrel with the mother certainly soured the character of the girls who became sour and taciturn. Oh, <laughs> how very austere and severe of him. Since that time, neither my wife nor I have exchanged conversations with them outside of service. They were polite. We felt that the observations would be poorly received. And as our house service was very well done, we did not give any criticism. We were patient. What a man. What a man. What a man. Yeah, so basically, they don't have any like conversations with them. I, I read that he never even spoke to them once. Okay. So they were just there like laborers. And yeah. And they would communicate with notes. Apparently. Not very family-esque no. situation for them. So even though it had seemed like she was standing up for them at the time, their, um, their relationship was becoming strained. Okay. So they served the family for about seven years. And as time's going on, Madame Lancelin is dealing with her own depression and fits of rage, and she begins taking it out on the girls. She would walk around the house with a white glove and touch surfaces to make sure they were clean to her standards. Oh, goodness, you work for that lady. (laughs) Not anymore. 
if she felt they hadn't done a good job, she would hit the girls' heads against the wall. Wow, that's pretty extreme. Yeah. One day, Leia missed a scrap of paper on the floor after sweeping, and Madame Leone pushed her to the floor and pinched her until she got it cleaned up. It appears that all this mistreatment is causing anger and rage to build up in Christine. I guess all that mixed with all she'd always been through in you know, yeah. the orphanage and Probably the Probably not abuse. a good combination. Yeah. So it all comes to a fever pitch on a stormy winter morning in February of 1933. The day started off normally with the sisters going about their daily chores. Madame Lancelin and Mademoiselle Genevieve head out for a day of shopping. As you do when you have names like that. Yeah, if you do, you better be shopping. Monsieur René Lancelin heads to his office in town. The family plans to meet at a friend's house for dinner, so they're all going to meet up later. Okay. So Leonie and Genevieve arrive back at home in the early evening to get ready for dinner, but they find the house pitch black. According to Leia, she had plugged in a faulty iron and it caused the power in the house to short out. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, well, Madame Lancelin was not happy about this. She flew into a rage and attacked Christine. This is when all the years of pent-up rage came out. She screamed to her sister, I'm going to massacre them. Wow. And she wasn't kidding. When jean uh-huh. tried to intervene to help her mother, Christine screamed for her sister to jump on the old lady and tear her eyes out. Wow. <laughs> this is going really dark really fast. <laughs> and being the obedient sister, Leia joined in. Can you imagine what it would take to rip someone's eyes out of their head? I can't even imagine and I don't want to. Yeah, That's sure. awful. They, they really did. They actually did it? They did. This is a quote from Christine that she gave to the police. Seeing that Genevieve was going to throw herself on me, I jumped on her face and tore her eyes off with my fingers. During this time, my sister Leia jumped on Mrs. Lancelon and tore her eyes off. Wow. When we did that, they laid down or squatted on the spot. Then I rushed down to the kitchen and went to get a hammer and a kitchen knife. I can't imagine why. So this attack was gruesome. After blinding them by ripping their eyes out, Christine got a hammer and a knife, like she said, and they mutilated the women. They also smashed their heads with a pewter jug. Their faces were reduced to pulp, completely unrecognizable. Oh my goodness, that's awful. Yeah, many of their teeth were knocked out during the attack. Leonie's eyeballs were actually found in the scarf that she wore around her neck. Ew. Okay, that's disturbing. Yeah. Christine said that they were moaning and howling and Genevieve was mumbling something she couldn't understand until she leaned in closer and recognized it as the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. So even while she's dying and she just doesn't even care. So Christine and Leia continue to attack the helpless women. They slice and stab them in a frenzy. Christine herself described it as following a recipe from a 1901 cookbook for preparing a rabbit. So she were like slicing up an animal. Oh my goodness. This yes. is horrible. <laughs> Clearly, there's something wrong with their minds, don't you, you think? think? Yeah, I think so. If you're capable of doing such a thing, you've got to be like have some sort of mental issue. And you also got to have a Undiagnosed. cookbook, apparently, <laughs> and a recipe. Yeah. The attack lasted for an hour or so, and so then they bolt all the doors and go upstairs, take off their bloody clothes, and climb into bed together. Of course they do. I know. So. This could be on TV today. <laughs> it is. Meanwhile, Monsieur Lancelin is wondering why his wife and daughter didn't show up for dinner. He goes to the family home but finds it locked and bolted from the inside. The house is completely dark except for a single candle burning in the upstairs bedroom where the sisters lay. Monsieur Lancelin finds this highly unusual and decides to summon the police. 
He returns to the house with police officers, and one of them scales the back garden wall and enters the house through the back door. On the landing, he spots what he thinks is a white marble. But upon closer inspection, he finds it is... An eyeball. An eyeball. Yeah. So this is shocking, to say the least. You think? (laughs) Yeah. So he goes up to the landing and discovers the gruesome sight of the two murdered Lancelin women. He lets Monsieur Lancelin in. I, I don't know why he let him come in. I would have been like, no. Come on in, Monsieur Lancelin. There's nothing to see here. <laughs> nothing to see here. You'll be fine. And the other police come in, and they are all obviously shocked. Oh, wait. There's bloodied up dead bodies here. Sorry, sir. They Didn't figured they were figuring it was like a deranged killer or something, and they were fearing for the safety of Christine and Leia because they knew they were home. Yeah. And they quickly make their way up to the top floor and find the girl's door locked. They force the door open and find the two embracing in bed. This further led to speculation that they had an unusual relationship, to say the least. Uh huh. <laughs> Christine simply said, We've been expecting you. Okay, now it's definitely sounding like an actual <laughs> horror movie. Did the this girls, really happen? Yes, it really happened. Because this sounds like something that would literally be on the Shutter channel. It really happened. Net, or, you know, not Netflix, but the Shutter, Shutter app, app that we use for those B horror movies. <laughs> yeah. The girls didn't try to deny that they had committed the crime, and they were quickly arrested. They were separated while in custody, and this was almost too much for Christine. She begged to see her sister, but a judge refused. So, what do you think she does? Uh, gouges the judge's eyes out. <laughs> if she could get a hold of him, she probably would have. She now, breaks out of the joint. No, she goes into fits of rage and tries to gouge her own eyes out. Okay, that's not where I thought this was going, but it does. That's the only person she could get a hold of was herself. So yeah, they ended up having to put her in a straight jacket just to keep her from tearing her own eyes. As far as she didn't bash her head against a wall. Well, she probably did, but eventually she's allowed to see her sister, and it's reported that good behavior. I'm sure (laughs) (laughs) it's uh, reported that she immediately began to try to unbutton Leah's blouse so she could gouge her eyes out. I don't know. So yeah, there's. I'm just gonna go with that. There's definitely something strange going on. That's the show is rated for children. You gotta watch what you're saying here. Come on. <laughs> well, the woman was clearly crazy. I, you think? Who knows what she's doing? Yeah, I don't know. It might have been a diversion to get to the eyes. <laughs> so their lawyers wanted them to plead not guilty by reason of insanity, but three different doctors determined that they were mentally fit to stand trial. They so, are perfectly fine. I don't. I don't know who they had evaluating these girls, but definitely Christine. Had something going on. I don't know why I think everyone from everywhere talks like a Southern gentleman, but it just seems no. right. <laughs> Do a French accent then. Um, what did I say? I don't know. <laughs> I'll be like, these girls, they are totally fine. Oh, wait, no. I sound more like Tim Curry. <laughs> that did, kind of. <laughs> so during the trial. Good old cheese pizza. <laughs> during the trial, Christine remained unremorseful, even saying, I'd rather have had our boss's hides than for them to have had ours. That's like Clint Eastwood kind of talk. That's like take it all the way back to John Wayne. Well, you should have taken their hides before you took theirs. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't. The sisters ended up claiming self-defense. Their representation cited a family history of mental illness, including a cousin who had died in an asylum and an uncle who had committed suicide, not to mention their upbringing in an orphanage and their yeah, abuse of parents. alcoholic dad and psychopath mother. Yeah. So we're going to play a little clip here about what happened at the trial. A crowd gathered of over 12,000 people on the day of the verdict. Rich on one side, poor on the other. 
The jury concluded that Christine were the mastermind behind the murders, and that Leia were completely consumed by her sister and would do anything for her, and that her personality was just a mere extension of Christine's. And although the girls had been abandoned by their parents when they were children, and there were a history of mental illness, the jury didn't care. They sentenced Christine to the guillotine. So yes, uh, Christine was convicted and sentenced to death by the guillotine. That's what they do in France, baby. They don't play around. I, I know. Like I thought that would have happened like not that, you know, in the 1900s. I think that they, were they still last had an execution by the guillotine in our lifetime. Really? I think. Wow. So I yeah. I could be wrong yeah, about yeah. that. Somebody fact check that and call her number. I'll let me know how stupid I am. Yeah, it, like 12,000 people gathered to hear this verdict. That was a huge deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. So Leia was only convicted of um, a lesser charge and she only was, she was sentenced to 10 years of hard labor. Yeah. Like second degree eye gouging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently. So um, Christine, you know, I said she was sentenced to death by the guillotine, but before that happened, they commuted her sentence to life. Why'd they do that? Good behavior. Um, no, it was her mental state, I think. So she was seen fit to stand yeah, trial. Yeah, yeah. But, but she was clearly not. Then they're like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe you are a complete maniac. Yeah. So when they heard the verdict, Christine said she wasn't sorry about any of it. And Leia silently wept. Okay. So well, it does seem like Leia was, you know, they say she was completely taken over by her sister's personality. Yeah. Fully a do thing. Maybe possessed by her. Seems that way. The day after the verdict was declared a holiday and everyone was given the day off except the poor. Because they got to have somebody keeping them fires going. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the rich supposedly ate pancakes topped with caviar. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound very good to me. That sounds disgusting. I want some butter like on there. Like you eat caviar not, just because you can. I throw that caviar on the floor. Like, you better bring me some butter and I want it at margarine. You bring me some butter. <laughs> For these pancakes, because today is a holiday. We celebrate that they're going to guillotine this girl. And you know what? Everybody come out to clap for that. (laughs) So being in prison away from her sister was too much for Christine, who eventually stopped eating, at which time she was transferred from the prison to a mental hospital in the city of Reigns. She ended up dying just a few years later on May 18th. Hey, is that your birthday? Sounds awful familiar, don't it? (laughs) I was born on May 18th. But not not 1937. Crazy enough, I was. (laughs) You look good. Oh, this brings up just a little fact, which we weren't going to talk about, but Crystal is actually an undead vampire, and we have proof of it. She won the Miss America America 1926, I think it is. So if you see a picture of Crystal on our website, and then go look up Miss America, and I think it's from 1926, and you'll see her, and that was her back in the 20s. (laughs) When I had dark hair. So I could have been born in 37. You don't know. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off. Like I said, she ended up dying May 18th, 1937, and her cause of death was cachexia. I've never heard of that. What is that? It means wasting away by refusing to eat. People can actually do that. Yeah. Like, I think I would just, I would get hungry and eat eventually. Gouge your own eyes out. No. <laughs> I heard if they've got this nice recipe in the rabbit cookbook that tells you 1901, how to fry a rabbit. Yeah. Get them eyes out. Pop, pop. So Leia was released on good behavior after serving eight years. She moved back in with her mother, Clemence. Not sure if that's much better I than that prison. They didn't hate, I thought they hated each other. They did. 
But anyway, she spent the rest of her life working as a maid in a hotel. I'm guessing they didn't run background checks back then. Probably not. You know what? It's a, and it seems like since they have the holiday, you <laughs> know, but since she's poor, she wouldn't have asked for the day off anyway. No. They'd be oh, can I have the day off? And say, why? It's because it's, it's, it's my holiday, <laughs> you know? Exactly. A journalist tracked down Leia in 1966. So this is 30 some years later. Yeah. And he described Leia as a ghost of the past that has burnt her until she is the color of ash. Wow, that's Quite really poetic. poetic. Yeah. yeah. He got a quote from her. She said, Christine watches me. She is always beautiful and young. She smiles as in the old days with irony. I come apart. I shrivel up. I sweat with fear. I faint. Wow. That's she's also poetic. poetic as well. Too bad she's a craze killer. <laughs> I know. But I don't think she ever would have done anything like that had she not been under the influence but of Christine. How do they know that she actually did it and that Christine didn't do it all herself and that she just went along with it? Well, they both confessed individually Does saying that mean? they both, like Christine took full responsibility for it, but Leia went and she was like, no, I did it all. Oh. That's how devoted they were to each other. Hmm. So that's What that's a sad. messed up situation. So Leia Pevin is thought to have died in 1982 Though Claude Ventura, a French film producer, claims that he encountered her when he was working on a 2000 documentary on Quête de Sur Papin, or In Search of the Papin Sisters. I wonder if you said that right. It sounded really good. It sounded very <laughs> French. Probably not. The woman that he claimed was Leia had suffered a stroke, which rendered her partially paralyzed and unable to speak. Convenient. <laughs> yeah, I can't talk about it. That woman died in 2001. So either way, she's dead. But is she? <laughs> I'm pretty sure she is. Stay tuned for the Pappen Sisters Part 2, The Reckoning. In Search of the Pappen Sisters wasn't the only film on the subject. The crime has served as inspiration for dozens of books, movies, plays, songs, television shows, comic books, paintings, and even an opera. Sounds something that would be in an opera. Can you imagine them doing that in that children's theater oh we gosh. go to? Oh, we're going to do the Pappin Sisters. Well, they did carry, so maybe uh, they could take this on. as bad as this story. <laughs> you just get marbles rolling all over the uh, floor. Everybody, marbles for all. <laughs> they and here they're all eyeballs. Oh, yeah. Perhaps the most famous example is Le Bon, which means The Maids, a 1947 play by Jean Genet that is still staged to this day and has since been adapted to a film. We should check that out. Yeah, except when they made the film version out of it, it was actually called Godzilla. <laughs> no, it wasn't. So you want to watch this movie? Of course. I can't imagine a, a movie. Well, how recent is the movie? Um, I don't know. I think it's from the 2000s. Oh, the t oh so it's going to be extremely graphic. And it's probably going to be nothing like the well, actual Well, they have story. an old one like um, from 1947. Well, that's a play. Well, there was a movie too. Oh, we should watch that. We should. Yeah, we, we say that. We still haven't even watched season two of The Witcher yet. I know. And I love so much Little to Witcher. Watch. Yeah. Witcher's cool. So as you can imagine, this is a time and a event that Le Mans France would much rather forget. Certainly not as cool as the races they do there. At least not something they want to keep track yeah, of. Yeah, it's not much. something they want publicized, I wouldn't think. You know what else we got? We got mayonnaise on French fries. Of course, these days they might actually like play it up and like maybe turn it into a bed and breakfast. Come take a tour. Yeah. It's like the Lizzie Borden yeah, house. Yeah, like the Lizzie Borden But probably house. way worse. Yeah, a lot worse. Exactly. And then you can go sleep in a commemorative bed upstairs. You get one candle. <laughs> so that's all you're in there is a bed and a candlelight. Oh, Here's your cookbook. <laughs> Complimentary cookbook. Yes. How to cook a rabbit. Here's a hammer. 
Here's a hacksaw. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like when they found the girls, the bloodied hammer was laying on the table next to the bed. And if it Forgot was like that. the Lawrenceville murders, then they would have it sitting out for display. You know, the Lawson family. The, Law- the Lawson family murders. They'd have them sitting out for display and then have the hammer sitting on the table. They'd under have glass. like the eyeballs under <laughs> yeah, a they should put that. dish. And, you know, it'd just be a whole thing. But they do it up good in the South, you know. Yeah. We go make a big old day of we it. We do. And, you like you even have a song written about it. Yeah. And, and you'd have a bluegrass band sitting on the porch. And like, it, yeah. There goes Christine and the moms. <laughs> doom, doom, doom. Christine and Leah. Okay. Well, I'm sure you were probably just mispronouncing it the whole time. It's probably Christine and Lamont's. <laughs> Lamont's is the city. Okay. You have to get all technical about it. You were paying more attention. I was paying attention the whole time. Mm-hmm. Ask me anything. What is their mother's name? Clamont's. <laughs> what is their father's name? Drunkard. <laughs> he doesn't deserve a name. What was the older sister's name? Uh, Christine. No, their older sister. She was the middle child. Emma? Emilia. Amelia. Well, that's French and English. We call it Emma. <laughs> Emma. Okay. So that's uh, going to bring it to the end of this story. And uh, it was quite horrifying. Thank you for sharing it. And uh, very uplifting. I can't believe you never heard of it. It's like super famous. I haven't heard of anything. I didn't even know who John Wayne Gacy was until I met you. I thought you were going to say until you met him. <laughs> <laughs> until I met him. He's like, hey, buddy, would you like a balloon? He'd like you. <laughs> he said, you sure is a fine specimen of a man that could come to my house and maybe do some housework for me. Yeah, you know, no. I need my Let me show you fix. my wrestling moves. Look, just climb up onto this here porch. <laughs> Dig me a crawl space. Some, for some reason, he's a redneck, too. I don't know why. No, he's from up north. Yeah, well, when I voice him, he's a redneck. <laughs> I could give him the Tim Curry voice. You could. Or I could maybe give him the Arnold voice. I'd be like, put that cookie down. <laughs> so that brings us to the portion of our episode, which we like to call... Layla and Coffee Talk. And what can we talk about these beasts this week? Okay, so they're huge fans of food, as you well know. And if we even say hungry or eat. I can't believe you're actually saying the word right right now. now Because they might hear it. They're two rooms away. (laughs) So, like, the other day I had a chicken tender and I wanted to eat it. And I set it on the table beside the bed for just a second to, like, take my shoes off or something. That was your first mistake. And then I turn around and Coffee has it in her mouth and she's, like, holding it up to me, like, wants to share it with me. Like, Did well, she I'll tell you what, Mommy. Yeah, she didn't, like, just devour it like she normally would. She's just, like, holding it up, like, okay, we'll share. And I'm like, seriously? <laughs> she's such a good girl. I know. So I had to split it between Layla and Coffee. Because you're not going to eat it once it's been in no. a, a poison dog lips. I'm not putting it in my mouth, but... And then tonight we had some subs from Publix and I found out they're actually fans of banana peppers. That's crazy. You wouldn't think a dog would like something hot, but... Banana peppers aren't hot. Well, for a dog, I would think they would be. Well, they didn't care. I didn't. I don't think they can taste hot, right? That's birds. <laughs> I thought dogs were like that too. I don't know. They might be. I know that birds can actually eat like extremely yeah, like hot habaneros peppers and ghost peppers. And they don't have like taste buds or something. I don't know what it is, but they are not affected by extremely hot peppers. That's why they can eat them. Well, it's really funny to watch them chew those banana peppers. They like have to go all like, like they have to attack it and chew it up. And they also like chewy ice because you got me a chewy ice maker for Christmas. They don't like it as much as you do. I know. I love it. But every time I get it a glass. It was the greatest gift I ever got her. It is. And I'll have a glass of ice and they're like coffee's trying to stick her face in it to get some ice and they have to chew it. And Give it's me really something funny. I get a ice. I need to get a video of them chewing ice. It's funny. Yeah, we'll do that. So you can find us online at www.scarysavannahandbeyond.com or www.scarysavannah.com. 
www.thebigfoot.net. You can also find us on social media if you go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, and YouTube. I'm YouTube. And look for the user at Scary Savannah. You can uh, link to our YouTube through our website. Because I don't think you can go directly there. But once we get enough subscribers, right? Yeah, once so we, we need get you to go to YouTube and subscribe and like the videos and, and things. We are going to be bringing more videos. I bought an iPhone gimbal, so I'm going to take it with me everywhere I go and look like the biggest tourist in the entire universe. It's going to be amazing. Are you going to take it to Vegas? Uh, they pro- they don't let you film and take pictures. I know you can't be inside, Vegas. but we could do it outside. Yeah, and if it's in your pocket, that's cool. So I'll probably take it with us so that we can walk around and get mugged. <laughs> It'll be awesome. You can also give us a call at 912-406-2899. That number again is 912-406-2899. You can give us a message about how you think we're doing on the podcast. Leave a recording. Tell us how to speak French better. Yeah, leave us a recording and tell us how to speak French better. You can give us story ideas. Or if you'd like to share your favorite recipe from your French cookbook, (laughs) please feel free to do any of those things on that number. And I do believe that that just leaves the one last thing. Join us next time in Savannah, where the ghosts and the good times live on. Mm -hmm.